Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. <laughs> B-F-F-T. From the Pac West Center in downtown Portland, presented by High Caliber Millwrights, here's John Canzano with a bald-faced truth. Basketball, men's basketball in particular, doing what the Pac-12 does sometimes, cannibalizing itself. UCLA and Arizona look like they're going to get in. Utah, USC, Arizona State, Oregon, anybody else want to go to the NCAA tournament? If so, start winning games consistently. We'll talk about that, plus the looming college football season. It's always looming. We'll talk about it with John Wilner of the San Jose Mercury News my co-host on the Kanzano and Wilner podcast. He is uh, joining us now live via satellite from his lair in the Bay Area. How you doing, man? I am good, thanks. How are you? I'm well. Uh, let's look at the basketball standings real quick, okay? It's UCLA, it's Arizona. Uh, is, is the Pac-12 going to get a third team in? I think they are, but I just don't know who it is. Certainly, Oregon and USC, I think, have the inside track. Um, I, I think that, like, you know, better than 50-50 chance that they get a third team in. You know, probably like 60, 65% chance. But one of those schools is either going to have to win the coverage tournament or win a bunch of games down the stretch, right? You can't, I mean, USC, that was a bad loss to Oregon State at this time of year, really bad. Uh, Oregon has had some bad losses itself. recently, so somebody's going to have to earn it. But it just feels to me like there's going to be a, a third. I don't think there'll be four unless there's an upset in the conference tournament, like we had a couple years ago with Oregon State. Give me an idea. You know what you think is going on. There's been a clear investment in football in recent years, and it looks like it paid off. Will the conference now turn to the athletic directors and the presidents and say, hey, it's time to invest invest in men's basketball? Yeah, I think that, you know, football is the priority, right? And if you don't have football working, it's hard to devote the energy and the resources to, to basketball. But when you look at the state of play in football, almost every school probably is feeling pretty good about their situation right now. Uh, other than maybe in the Bay Area. So there certainly seems to be now the opportunity to, to pivot and focus on basketball. And there have been some bad basketball hires on the coaching level in the last four or five years, and I think that we're going to see a bunch of changes this spring. I just think it's, it's inevitable at this point. You can't keep trotting out a substandard product. And uh, a bunch of schools that have got football figured out now, like Washington comes to mind, right? They're on the right trajectory with football. They can now take a real hard look to see if they need to make the change in men's basketball. John Wilner with us, San Jose Mercury News, at Wilner Hotline on Twitter. Wilner, let me ask you, just from a basketball standpoint, we've been talking about expansion of the conference, SMU, San Diego State, UNLV, I could go on and on. Uh, Gonzaga has come up at different points. 
does it make sense in your mind to add a basketball-only member, or is the money just not there for men's basketball in Gonzaga? Well, from what I saw over the weekend, I think they should add Portland State. That was something else. <laughs> um, I've never seen a shot like that. Uh, you know, I think Gonzaga, one, if, if Gonzaga's coming, my guess is it, it, would, it, it would be in all sports. Uh, and two, the Zags would have to come in at a greatly reduced share. Let's just say, well, you know, round numbers to make this easy. Let's say the Pac-12 uh, signs a media deal and every school gets $30 million. I mean, they're not going to give that Zaga $30 million, right? The Zaga would have to be willing to come in at, I don't know, $8 million, $10 million. And then you have to decide, okay, if Gonzaga's getting $10 million, are they increasing the value of the conference by at least that much? Otherwise, they're, they, they're going to deplete the, the overall cash flow. And I don't know. Uh, I think it's a close call. You know, you could argue having Gonzaga – helps replace UCLA in terms of getting the brand, another brand. But I just don't know, given that Patrick has already got the Washington media market, I just am not sure that the Zags are a, a revenue additive. Wilner, you took a look at some of the potential football additions via expansion. You kind of did a capsule on their academic profile, you know, their enrollment, you know, the uh, – uh, the particulars of the media market and, and such. Uh, in your mind, who are your top three candidates when it comes to expansion of the Pac-12? Well, the first two, I think, are easy. SMU and, and San Diego State, to me, make a lot of sense. I mean, they're not perfect, right? The Pac-12 is dealing with an imperfect hand, and it's just got to make the most of it. I think those two bring some, each bring something to the table. If you're looking at number three, you know, to me, maybe uh, you make the case for uh, UNLV or Fresno State. I'm not sure about Boise. Although one interesting thought would be to take Gonzaga in all sports and then Boise in football only. And basically you're adding Gonzaga basketball and Boise football, and you're trying to create a full, you know, power five level uh, school there from those two. Or if you're if they're talking about, and I don't think this will happen. You know, adding four, and then you want to add a pair, a pairing from SMU in Texas. Then you have to probably think about Rice. You know, you got the Houston market. It's obviously an elite academic school, but my guess is they'll end up just adding two if they add any. Yeah, I I keep thinking about. You know, the process here with media rights expansion, Pac-12 comes out with a statement today. It was puzzling. It was a little curious when I saw this, but the statement today essentially said, hey, we're unified, we're galvanized. This is, of course, uh, a reaction to the athletic story that came out last week that was less than upbeat and maybe some others, some other uh, outlets that are, uh, you know, perpetually predicting the demise of the conference, but... What did you make of that today? I got to know your reaction when you saw it. Well, you know, certainly it's not it's not a usual thing, but then again, it's been seven months, and the presidents haven't issued a statement uh, in since early July, and there's been some negative coverage, and I think there's a little bit of growing concern within the factual footprint about whether they're going to be able to make this thing work and, and get a media deal and stick together. 
Uh, then you add in the fact that the Big 12 reached an exit agreement with Texas and Oklahoma and is getting $100 million for that. And there's some speculation over where you can use that money to try to add to 12 schools. So I think it was just kind of them saying, reminding everyone, hey, we're, we're together. And I think part of it is it was a statement directed at their potential media partners, whether it's ESPN or Amazon or whoever, just saying, you know, we are publicly stating we are together, so you should not be worried about cutting a deal with us and, and having, having the conference break apart immediately after. This uh, timeline now, in your mind with the statement today, does that extend the timeline for when you expect an agreement or a deal or an announcement or – do you think that those two things just have no correlation? Like, you know, hey, they're just they're updating us and could be any time. I, I think that it's going to happen by March 15th, you know, the middle of March. If they don't either have a deal done or if they're not in the process of, of dotting the I's and crossing the T's by the middle of March, then I think that Pac-12 fans will have legitimate reason to worry. Um, but I would expect that, I don't know if it's going to be next week or in a month, but I would think somewhere around the start of the NCAA tournament, Selection Sunday, somewhere in that window, this thing's going to get wrapped up. I, I still think the, the most likely outcome is that the 10 schools sign a media deal, stick together, maybe add two, maybe not, uh, and then and then we move on after what would, at that point, would it be eight months or so? It's long. But you know, the thing is, this is an unusual deal. I, I, I don't want to ramble here, but... We've never seen a college conference with its future in doubt trying to negotiate a media deal over the course of seven or eight months. Because, you know, the Big Ten last year when they did it, nobody was questioning whether the Big Ten was going to survive. The Big 12 has been on the brink of uh, collapse a few times, but they have never had a media process play out publicly for this this long. So the Pac-12 is like kind of, uncharted waters here and then you've got another conference that is making overtures about trying to expand and it just ratchets up the the anxiety level i think for pac-12 fans to to a a different level yeah and when the big 12 commissioner brett yormark says you know that they would like to expand my mind doesn't go to him poaching pac-12 schools even if he likes to leave that vague in order to create that that possibility it goes to Boise State. It goes to Fresno State, two schools that I don't naturally see as great fits in the Pac-12. I think the Big 12 would be awfully interested in them just to get some content in the Pacific time zone and uh, play on that blue field. No, I think that he does, I mean, he's made no bones about the fact he wants to get campuses in the Pacific time zone so that they can kick off at night. Uh, and I would imagine that that goes for, for basketball, too, right? And they're seemingly interested in adding Gonzaga. It'll be interesting because, you know, I mean, that's, that, I, I would guess that these schools would be interested in doing it in football only. But you got to remember, too, there's the there's the Olympic sport component. And it is hard to justify if you're Boise State having your Olympic sports slip into Orlando and Cincinnati uh, and Houston for a weekend of softball or golf, right? That just doesn't make sense. So those are those are some of the questions that you have to ask and that the university presidents have to solve when you're talking about realignment, whether it's football-only membership. And if it is football-only membership, 
you know, what does that look like financially? John Wilner with us, uh, Bay Area News Group, San Jose Mercury News. I want to pivot a little bit to college football because it's never too early. Um, you know, we've talked about Washington. We've talked about, you know, some others. But Utah, Cam Rising, it appears that his ACL was torn. He's had a surgery to repair that. Um, are you concerned at all about Utah trying to get back? Because I, I want, like, I'm leaning Wilner towards saying they're the champ until someone knocks him off. But if Cam Rising is not 100% going into fall camp, I don't know how I could pick Utah in this conference right now. It, well, it's certainly tough, yes. Uh, the last I saw from Kyle Whittingham was that Rising Wood was on track to, to play in the season opener. That's a huge season opener right there, hosting Florida. Uh, if they want to make the playoffs, they got to win that game. So I just don't know. You know, Rising could be ready to go in early September, but that doesn't mean he's going to be 100%, right? You know, that. There's a thin margin there when you're talking about that level of play between being out there but being able to execute at optimum efficiency. And I would imagine if you know he's not going to be at his best and back in rhythm in, until late September, early October. So the question becomes how does how does Utah handle the early part of their schedule if Rising is 100 percent? It's it's hard to it's hard to imagine them you know being as good as we think they can be until he is 100%. Is there a team that you think is probably a top half of the conference team, but there's a little more volatility to their outlook, meaning, you know, hey, I think they're they're a threat to maybe compete for a conference championship, but they also could be, you know, a seventh-place team in this conference. Is there a team like that in your mind or most likely to be that kind of team next season? I would say UCLA would be my pick there. Right? They've lost a bunch of key guys, and they're bringing in a new quarterback. It's going to be their first new starting quarterback since, I think, 2017. So if UCLA gets good quarterback play, I could see them being in the top four or five, but I could also see them you know, not replacing Zach Charbonnet very well, not replacing Dorian Thompson-Robinson very well, not fixing their defense, right? I mean, they've won a bunch of games last year because they could score 40 or 50 points. So if they're not that good on offense and the defense doesn't get fixed, yeah, I could see them finishing seventh. Uh, they're like, to me, they're the like anti-Oregon State, right? You know exactly what you get with Oregon State. Uh, even though they're changing quarterbacks, you can just count on count on the Beavers being good. UCLA, to me, is is the opposite. They could they could be 8-4, and four, they could be 5-7. and seven. Wilner, let me ask you on that front, with Oregon State and Oregon, what are the biggest questions in your mind for Dan Lanning's team and Jonathan Smith's team? For Lanning, it's defense. I just didn't think Oregon played defense up to its potential last year. I mean, they had a lot of blue-chip recruits uh, who I, just, I think they'd be better, right? And they were... Uh, they were ineffective a lot of times. I mean, certainly late in the season, the Washington and Oregon State games, right? You know, they were probably a little bit worn down, but I did not think Oregon played it to its uh, its capacity on defense at all. So to me, that's the that's the question there. And on with the Beavers, the, the honest answer is injuries. Because as great a job as Jonathan Smith has done, they still don't have the quality of depth, I don't think, that you need 
to compete to win to go ten and three, you know, like they did. Uh, so that they're always the organization, you know, it's always a little bit more on the margins with them because of the depth issue. So if they if they can stay pretty healthy, especially on the offensive line, they should be able to you know do what they've been doing. But they're God, it's it's just such a slim margin for them. John Wilner, San Jose Mercury News. Thank you for giving us your time. I appreciate you. Have a good evening, and I look forward to seeing your next report. Thanks very much, my friend. There he is. You can read him in the San Jose Mercury News. Pac12hotline.com is where you get all his info. Follow him on Twitter as well. Leave it here. Anna's popping into the studio. We have a Valentine's Day. uh, Is this Valentine's Day Eve? I guess it is. Plus, uh, coming up later in the show, the five at five. Five biggest things going on in the world. We interrupt this podcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face hey, Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.